0: Reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look, delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's Chris Mania, brother. That's a great
1: question. Look at you, man. Oh, that's a powerful question. <laughs> Woo! This is the Chris Van Vliet Show. Chris Van Vliet Show. Ladies and gentlemen. Chris. Van- Welcome back to the CVV show. And if no one's told you yesterday, you're awesome. Not just because you're listening, just in general. You're awesome. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by betonline.ag and Untuck It. And let's be honest, 2019 was a banner year for professional wrestling. AEW was announced and then started TV in October. WWE made history when a women's match was the main event at WrestleMania. Tessa Blanchard became the number one contender for the Impact World Championship and then became the first female to be the world champion. That was in January, but she became the number one contender in 2019. And on October 8th, NWA Power made its debut. You've heard me say it before, but it bears repeating this is the absolute best time to be a pro wrestling fan and subsequently the best time to be a pro wrestler as well. The fact that we've got options to watch wrestling every single weekday is so exciting. And in this chat with Billy Corgan, who's the owner and president of the NWA, we dig into why he felt now was the right time to bring it back and why they decided to bring it back in the way that they did with the look and the feel of the show. Hey, if you could do me a favor, could you just leave a review uh, on Apple Podcasts? That'd be so, so helpful. We're going to keep shouting you out on every single episode as our BetOnline.ag fan of the week. And BetOnline.ag is your online sportsbook expert. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for a 50% welcome bonus. And these reviews are really what's been helping the show grow as much as it's been growing. And thank you for subscribing as well you're just helping to spread the word about the show with the interviews that we've been having and i see your tweets i see your instagram stories thank you for tagging me and thank you for letting other people know that these interviews exist this interview comes from old danjo ol danjo old danjo it's titled only wrestling podcast that puts out multiple good interviews in a week chris gives great interviews consistently only wrestling podcast I listen to every week because he's got diverse interviews, not just the same guests as all the others. I will continue to listen and pass on the word to other wrestling fans. Well, thanks, old Danjo. I think we just passed on the word to everyone and all the wrestling fans that are listening here. And And thank you for the kind words. The idea here is to try to do as many different interviews as possible. And the the goal is an interview a week, but we've had so many interviews recently that we're pumping out. Two interviews this week, three last week, at least two next week. So yeah, we're just gonna keep putting these out. And I think that if we keep putting out two a week, simple math says we'll get to at least a hundred interviews. I believe if you do the math, that's a hundred and four interviews. <laughs> yes, 52 times two is 104. So there you go. That's the betonline.ag. Fan of the week. Remember to use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for your 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. Billy Corgan is such an interesting guy. And I'm sure you know him as the lead singer of the Smashing Pumpkins, or as he jokes in this interview, the rat-in-a-cage guy. He's also a massive wrestling fan. He worked with TNA for about a year and a half, which didn't end that well. It ended in a lawsuit, which we get into a little bit here. He even tried to buy TNA and before the lawsuit, of course, and when that didn't work out, he ended up buying the NWA and its storied history, which brings us to now. Him and Dave Lagana are the brains behind Power. That's with three R's, by the way, NWA Power. And if you haven't seen it, it's a throwback to the old school st- uh, studio wrestling with a little bit of a modern-day twist to it. I've been wanting to sit down and do this interview for a while, and I'm so glad that billy had the time to do this not only is he part of the nwa he's still touring with his music so ladies and gentlemen it's the one and only billy corgan uh well thank you for your time thank you for doing this and congratulations on everything with nwa
0: it's really a tribute to the nwa team and the roster that we're as far as we are it's um you know, as I said, and I was criticized in the beginning when I bought the NWA for not spending more money, and I said, look, you can you can throw a lot of money at professional wrestling, but it doesn't mean it goes anywhere. So having the patience and putting together the right team behind the scenes and building a roster that you can be really proud of that can execute my vision of, of you know, what I think professional wrestling can be going into the 21st century, that takes time. And uh, and uh, it's really starting to pay off now, and I'm really excited and... and uh, yeah but you know the, the cool thing is is you can make big plans but we're so deep in it like we have a pay-per-view today it's like then there's just the reality of running a show and yeah. somebody misses a flight and you know you're in that too so we're somewhere in there
1: I think there's still a lot of people that go the Smashing Pumpkins guy runs a yeah. wrestling I
0: generation? prefer the rat in the cage guy runs a
1: <laughs> rat in the cage guy. rat in
0: the cage guy the
1: 1979 a- guy
0: I go with Rat in the Cage guy. That sounds a little bit more uh, sinister. The world is a vampire guy. Yeah, the world is a vampire guy. Yeah, I did write that. Um, yeah, it's been a very interesting journey. Uh, the simplest answer I have for the for the idea is that when I was a kid, there were three things I really loved: professional wrestling, uh, music, and uh, and baseball. And and my little throwaway line here is that. I've been able to work in professional wrestling, obviously music, but I even had a discussion one point, one point with the Chicago Cubs about maybe even being, you know, uh, part of the ownership. Obviously, I would have been a very, very minority stake. But, state. but to, I think to tell anybody, hey, if you had three dreams when you were a kid and you could live all three dreams, um, I guess maybe if I was an Imagineer for Disney, that would that would be the <laughs> that would I, that would do it all because I, I. So I've been very, very lucky, very fortunate to to pursue the things I'm interested in. Um, and I think uh, what I would point to is I've worked very hard in whatever I've engaged in so I'm not just willing to get into the dreamy part I'm really willing to do the hard work and really learn how to be successful in those in those endeavors and I have that's why I have so much respect for uh, the people that have come before me in the wrestling business and the music business because it's such a tough thing to be successful in and particularly over the long term I'm 30 plus years in music right and I'm. Professional wrestling side, I guess I'm somewhere in the range of seven to eight years. So it's been a very interesting journey.
1: But I don't think people realize that you're very hands-on with this. I think when people see Billy Corgan's name attached at one point to TNA, now to
0: NWA, they go, oh, he's just the money guy. But Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, and, and, I, and you know, obviously that's what Dixie Car- Carter saw me as. I mean, I, I thought I was being brought in to help the company, which I did. But I, at the end of the day, I think it's pretty easy to see that I was brought in as some sort of strange insurance policy They could either provide cash or a chip that they could play to try to get a network deal. Hmm. Um, And that was the interest in me being part of the creative team. Um, That's obviously water under the bridge. Not that I'm bitter, but um, yeah, I think, look, I don't mind, um, you know, Eric uh, Bischoff once said controversy creates cash or whatever, something like that. It's wrestling. I, I, I don't care what people think in the sense of if it's good, for the product it's good for the business that people talk smack totally fine with that but at some point I think there's a through line there that I'm a creative person and my my uh, where I'm good at uh, is taking a creative vision and executing it on a business level that's a bit boring but the fact of the matter is is I've done that now for two businesses and it takes a lot of patience, and it takes a lot of faith in your vision. My vision for professional wrestling is quite different than most people's visions. Now, right now, people will point at the NWA and say that's a bit too throwbacky for me, or or I like the throwback vibe. They totally underestimate what we're going to do. This is just our entry point. Oh, and, okay. Well, uh, I'm, an, I'm, I'm an answer question you're not asking, but <laughs> if you look at look, we bought a we bought a seventy now one-ish year brand at some point you have to address the elephant in the room why would you call it the nwa or want it to be called the nwa if you're not going to try to balance this incredible history against the reality of 2020 Mm. so you have to address the history you have to decide how your product differentiates from all the other great wrestling companies that are currently running Uh, minus one and uh (laughs) no bitterness Uh, So I think you see what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, anyway, I don't want to, I don't want to blab on this. a little bit boring.
1: Well, do you want to be in the conversation
0: with it's right now it's WWE, AEW, and then I, wait, I'm going to cut you off. We are in the conversation. Okay. And by the way, uh, I'm not a billionaire. We are not, we are nowhere near as funded as the other companies that are being talked about. And Ring of Honor, who we enjoy a great partnership with, by the way, is owned by a $3 billion company called Sinclair. So Ring of Honor, AEW, and WWE are all owned by billionaires. So to even be in the conversation without that same level of resources, that's more a credit to our hard work and our creativity. And that's exactly the way I raised uh, the Smashing Pumpkins through the ranks of the rock business, was we had to be a better band. We had to tell better stories, you know, musically speaking. And that's exactly the blueprint for the uh, NWA. It's not that big a mystery. So if you're going to try to bring a revolutionary, on some level, wrestling product to the table, well, if if you make the curious decision that you're going to start with a bit of a throwback feel as far as your television product, people go, well, how is that going to revolutionize anything? You you have to get people's attention first. Mm -hmm. If you don't have their attention, they're not going to listen to what you're going to say down the road. Yeah. And I'm not the biggest fan and I've been very uh, vocal about that on um, wrestling that by and large is driven strictly with what happens in the ring. I'm a big fan and because I grew up in the era of promos and great personalities, you know, great guys on the mic including managers like Bobby Heen and of course Jim Cornette, um, that's the world that I grew up in and I still believe in that world 100%. So I'm trying to bring that world forward into, into the 21st century and I think we can do it. So if I don't believe in my heart that um, let's call it you know the four star five star Meltzer match is at the foundational core of what will revolutionize the uh, the the wrestling business as far as a mainstream product now right now AEW is making a very good case that I'm wrong in my in my assertion but that's okay because ultimately they will get to prove me wrong or right and ultimately I get to prove my version wrong or right and that's what makes it so compelling yeah so so what is it that you guys are heading towards if this is just the beginning I think uh, when you look at anything that crosses over into a mainstream frame, you're looking for a balance of of what makes it relevant, okay? History, in the case of the NWA, is what makes us relevant, whether we can address that history and live up to it. Um, I think you need a product that stands alone and is a bit different. We're probably the most promo-heavy company in professional wrestling at the moment, so that's what makes us a bit different, and obviously how we execute those stories in the ring. And then I think ultimately we're going to have to get younger Uh, and and faster and balance what is obviously a very uh important movement in wrestling to um that you know the five star Meltzer you know that needs to be integrated I was a fan of uh WCW in in the dying days and I remember seeing Chris Jericho and Rey Mysterio and uh you know uh, Sugar Shane and you know um, Hoovy and, you know, these guys going out and do these amazing things. And I remember thinking, why are these guys being held back? Yeah. And here we are 20 years later, and you see, well, ultimately the fans decided that they liked that more than... So you have to integrate all, you know, basically the evolution of the business, just like I do in music, that has to be taken into account. We're not ignorant of that, but we don't think that's our foundational principle. So if we can find the balance between, let's call it that new style, which which I appreciate, but I don't think is foundational to our success what we're really good at, and I think what we're excelling at at the moment, which is telling really good stories, and then tie it to the historical um, root of the NWA. I think that's our blueprint for success, and whether or not we can pull it off, acquire the resources, acquire the TV deals, or whatever else we need to do to prosper, that's that's going to be our story. And what's great about that story is it's not to the detriment of anyone else. Right. <laughs>
1: Well, we got to thank our sponsor for this episode, Untuck It. And if you ever see an untucked button down, well, they just look bad, right? Why? Well, because they're not meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, though, there's Untuck It, the original button down shirt that's actually designed to be worn untucked. And it doesn't matter what your size or your shape is because untucked shirts always fall at the exact perfect untucked length. There's more than 50 plus fit combinations and untucked shirts look great whether you're tall, whether you're short, slim, athletic, whatever you happen to be. I love them because they don't fall all the way down to your knees when you untuck them. And we all know, guys, if you've ever worn a a button-down shirt with like a suit and then you're like, ah, let's go out for a drink after work, I'll just... Untuck my shirts so I look a little more casual. Well, you look more like an idiot, actually. With Untuck It, though, you can choose from lots of different styles, like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. And your shirts with Untuck It will never look too baggy or bulgy or too long or too big ever again. Their website, by the way, is super easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find the perfect fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Just visit untuckit.com, use the promo code B-L-U-E, that's blue, for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com, untuckit.com. The promo code is blue for 20% off.
0: I don't think anybody else in wrestling will pursue the business the way we're pursuing the business. So we will either rise or fall on my idea and it's not, it's not like we're against the other guy. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. And that, that's why I think we're very complimentary to the other great promotions in the business because we're not really their competition on that level. It's sort of like you like red, I like blue and, and I think that's perfect.
1: What I find really interesting is had things worked out with you in Impact Wrestling, we wouldn't even be sitting here having this conversation
0: about nwa no i'd be broken crying <laughs>
1: <laughs> because you were going to buy impact or, or tna
0: no i tried to buy it and i and i very forcefully tried to insert myself in the process i had a legal right to do so which is very complicated and boring and probably a podcast unto itself and 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 the, and the forces that were against me uh conspired to defraud me um from those resources and I went to court over that, the the judge didn't necessarily rule against me as much as saying, I can't rule for you now, but if you want to prosecute your case, it was never uh, resolved in that way. Um, And uh, I obviously finger uh, uh, Dixie Carter in that defrauding, uh, and I've been public about that as well. Yeah. What ended up happening is was the case was settled. And, and, uh, and, and, and Anthem, what, be, what is now Anthem Impact and I ended in that particular time on a handshake. Uh, that handshake is no longer valid. But the point of the matter is is that it was resolved in a, in a business frame. But it was never resolved, sort of uh, spiritually speaking. Um, because I had every right to try to take over a company that I had invested uh, $1.83 million in. It was all on paper. Yeah. And, uh, and like I said, if anybody ever wanted to do a deep dive podcast on it, it's a fascinating story on uh, and why the wrestling business has been held back for so many years because of those types of uh, insanities and egos. And, yeah. and, and basically like a lack of gravity as far as it applies to business principles
1: well sign me up we'll do that one next time i see you all i right. would i'll go for as long as you want to talk we'll, about we'll, we'll see
0: how fans react to this, this oh, little they're gonna like right this now. i know okay this. good okay
1: are you surprised that impact is impact is still somehow in business after everything
0: not at all because really it is an incredible fan base um there's a very very loyal fan base that's uh really tied to the, to the, to what was TNA and now impact product. And, and I think the people who took it over, uh, benefited from that. And, um, and, uh, yeah, I used to say to people, I mean, if you think of the 14 or 15 years that TNA ran before it was taken over by Anthem, you know, easily over a hundred to $200 million was spent promoting that company, which is now uh, called impact. So it doesn't surprise me. Um, you know, I have my opinions on the product, but, um, Overall, I I credit that uh, more so to the great fan base.
1: And, and, you know, all of that all leads to where we are right now, NWA, here in Atlanta. I think when you first bought the rights for NWA and really sat back, were you planning? Because nothing nothing really happened for the first year or two. That's not true. I guess from the outside looking in, It felt like that. Yeah, it felt like that.
0: Um, It was a lot of strategic moves. Uh, There was a good do we have stuff behind the scenes including talking to uh impact about things we could do we did a little bit of business with them we worked a little bit with czw we worked obviously with ring of honor uh we have a continued partnership with championship wrestling from hollywood um and of course we brought the title to different promotions including a tried and true um in uh, in tennessee Mm. so um it was the question of do we blow a bunch of money to do something, something, something if we really deep down believe it's going to go nowhere or do we try to sort of build this piecemeal? And I think where it really started clicking was building around Nick Aldis. Um, the great bonus in that was we discovered in the telling of the story of, of, of Tim Storm and Nick Aldis that fans really, really like Tim Storm. And yeah. Tim Storm's a huge star for us um, and he's an incredible job. And he's uh, a total pleasure to work with behind the scenes. So, um, so we got basically in, in trying to build around Nick. We you know Tim came along in that deal, and slowly but surely we you know we put some content out, kind of kind of got you know uh, a feel for what the audience w- wouldn't 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 accept. And you know I think uh, I guess it would have been a year and a half ago we ran the NWA uh, seventy show, which was headlined by uh, uh, Nick and Cody. Um, And that did quite well and we followed that with Crockett Cup, which we did as a co-promotion with Ring of Honor So we were able to prove that we could run a big pay-per-view event. We drew we did good money We did the biggest uh, house uh, ever in the history of the Tennessee Fairgrounds I mean when you think of all the promotions including the NWA in the past that ran in that building We did the biggest cash gate in the history of the building. So we proved that the NWA had some staying power And we had to clean up some some contractual mess with some of the affiliates that were still remaining from the previous era. There was lots of things we had to clean up. And even there were still lingering legal issues from taking over the ownership as recently as like three months ago.
1: With you being famous in your own right with a very popular band for many, many decades, I'm sure that
0: the wrestling fans don't care that you have... This musical career. But most, your music most, actually most and I'm saying this kindly, most don't, and that's fine by me. Um I want to be, you know, a seen in wrestling as, as a person in wrestling and I don't think I should get a special Oh.
1: No. But I imagine that the flip side is pro like I bet your music fans are like, Why are you doing this wrestling? Oh, very thing? much so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would say ninety to ninety-five percent just scratch their heads and just think it's like my weird <laughs> other thing that I do don't really understand it and the only good thing that's happened i would say in the past year or so with the nwa is even the the fans who don't get it at least have come around to understand that it is valuable it is important and and now that they've seen it have some success they at least look at it as like well he's not wasting his time yeah because you know getting this weird argument like why don't you just work more on music and it's like no it's important to do other things in life and after thirty years, I, I like other challenges in my life, and and actually, it's helped my musical life because it keeps me fresh when I go back. To, as, I mean, we're talking on a on a Friday here. About I'm be back in the studio on a Monday working on new Smashing Pumpkins. Wow, so that's my life, and I'm I'm cool with it. Um, How do you find that balance? You don't. <laughs> you don't.
1: <laughs> Did you ever get to a point where you're like, maybe it's a bit too much wrestling right now? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And then
0: do you just. I mean, how, how do you balance that? Do you break out a guitar and start writing no, music? No, no, no. You just you just have to make you have to make good decisions, and you have to rely on uh, you know great people like David Lagana, you know, the vice president of the NWA, to, to sometimes just carry the ball where you just can't. You know, whether I'm on tour or yeah. I'm not available for hours because I'm on a plane across the country. There are times where you just have to trust the people around you to execute. Um, I wish that I could. Um, uh, give my full time to my musical life and I wish I could give my full time to my wrestling life but it's just not in the cards and uh, so we just try to find balance but yeah there's, there's no perfect balance.
1: Is there is, is part of your job still consuming a lot of wrestling?
0: Mm, I actually believe it or not I don't consume a lot of wrestling and I, I never really did um, I mean there were times where I watched more uh, when I was young I watched a lot I watched a lot in the late 90s in, into the dying days of ECW I watched for a lot then and then probably about five, six years ago, I started watching again a lot and I went out a lot to see a lot of shows because as I got back into the professional world, I kind of wanted to see where the wind was blowing. Um, and that's sort of f- those, those times, those three different periods have obviously formed my idea of what can be successful uh, going forward in wrestling.
1: What would you say is the biggest thing you learned from Impact Wrestling that you can now apply to NWA, good or bad?
0: Let's say that one that. what's
1: the biggest thing you think you learned from impact wrestling? That oh, can now be applied to NWA?
0: Well, two things. One is that the, the kind of vision I had for wrestling was only going to work with with a total level of control. Uh, navigating the political channels in a bigger wrestling company were never going to work. So you know, jokingly, even if Vince McMahon had called me you know after I left. Uh, TNA and said you know kid I want you to come up here and I wouldn't want to work in the structure not uh, not to say anything disrespectful of, of the McMahons or how they run their business I just I don't I don't want to be a cog in a, in a in a in a bigger wheel um you know because my vision sort of takes a sort of it has it has to be applied from the top down um it, it you know because it goes all the way through staffing and, and how we run and then the other thing I would say is that um you know, I, I was uh, intimately involved uh, and happily so with you know the whole uh, deletion angle, um, broken universe. Um, got to shoot a lot of great stuff with uh, Matt and Jeff. Um, you, you know, even sh- shot on the Hardys' property for the, for the one crazy segment where we were—I don't know—drones. Yeah. I mean, we did <laughs> yeah. we did it all. We did it all. Uh, I don't. You know, I can't believe the fire marshals didn't show up. Anyway, so. I saw where the power of an idea can... can wrestling is 100-plus years old. Yeah. And like music, a cynicism can creep in that tells you there's really nothing new. And kids and, and great ideas can prove over and over again, no, that's not true. You can always rewrite the, raw, uh, the rules of gravity. And so being intimately involved with the deletion angle told me that if you got a cool idea and you have great, talented people like Matt and Jeff and the other people that were involved in that, um Rosemary comes to mind and Abyss and and Crazy Steve. Um, you can change the world. You can you can turn it upside down in its head. And if you remember during though that 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 period of time, that was the most talked about thing oh, yeah. in professional wrestling, good and bad, as it should be. So I saw where the power of an idea can still work even in an August institution like professional wrestling. So um, i was able to see that at the highest levels it's one thing to have an idea on the indies and see if it gets over with you know a couple hundred people um somewhere it's another thing to be on national television enter the national or international debate really see i think our ratings that that week went up like 125 percent. i mean it was it was it was it was rocket fuel for for whatever we were trying to do at the moment so um yeah there was a real difference there
1: and the fact that the show is now, NWA power is now being put on YouTube. I feel like, actually, gives you guys—pardon the pun—gives you a lot of power because people can watch it. Sure, when it's streaming live, yeah. right at six oh five, and they can watch it whenever they feel like it. and They can go back through the archives.
0: Yeah, I think now we're starting to see binge watching, and people who didn't think it was for them are now starting to show up and then watch. You know, the season one and two. So, yeah, yeah, yeah it's exciting. Um, I know that's something. And you know, when you when you're talking about after I bought the company and then kind of this what were you doing the first year or so I think what we were doing was trying to really ascertain whether a digital strategy or a digital based strategy could work for a modern wrestling company Um, because in in many ways we're a production house first and a and a and a and a live event uh, wrestling brand second yeah and that had never really been tried best I could tell outside of some MTV stuff and but it was, always, it was always heavy TV production, and let's see how it goes. But our thing was, we will pivot from being a, a TV production first to a live touring. Uh, and people always ask, when are we going to start touring? And we're in discussions right now to start doing uh, live touring events. So, so so far it's working. But it took time to f- actually look at the numbers and see, can this work? And um, you, know, uh, you, you know, you get these crazy moments where something goes viral. like. Uh, Dave cut a clip of Scott Steiner walking down the stairs, and the clip went viral. <laughs> it's just Scott Steiner walking, walking down <laughs> the stairs. Scott Steiner, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the beauty is, is I think that clip did the clip of Scott Steiner. I think did more views than the actual show itself. Wow. And I'm not saying one has more value, but in the in the cumulative era of digital media, a view is a view is a view, right? Yep. So we'll take it because ultimately it will hopefully steer people back to the power product. Do you see any
1: parallels between what you guys are doing here in studio and Lucha Underground? Not much. I never. They were in a studio. It was being mm. you know kind of run by someone outside of wrestling.
0: Yeah, but if you remember, uh, they they had it. They had a network deal, or they had some form of a network deal. They, uh, it was Mark Burnett Productions, uh, and there was some uh, uh, affiliation, I believe, with AAA. So they had, they already had an established brand company supplying a certain degree of talent. They had one of the biggest producers of television in the world, or actually, the history of television, <laughs> right, producing Burnett, the yeah. show. And they had, they actually had TV deals. We are completely, one hundred percent financed by me, and it, it originates between our relationships with who we work with and our talent. So uh, there are no other contrivances to surround us other than our relationships. And so I, I don't think there's ever been a promotion like us in the history of the business. If there is, I'd love to hear about it because I would love to study it um, because we're really trying to build a, a road that's not there.
1: Well, look, I'm so happy we were able to have this conversation. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank Chris. you. But I'm happy we are we able to have this conversation now, like early on in a NWA. Now, you know, don't, now we're going to end on a teaser, right? Okay. You're going to cut out all of that stuff about Dixie, right? Yeah, that's all, that's all out. All right, I got you. You got me on that Ooh, one. Yeah, right. I got you. I don't want to get sued. You're not going to get all sued. Right, thank you, my friend. But everyone's going to see that and go, what did, what did they say? What was that's, it? That's called a
0: wrestling. Is a teaser. Yeah, taster. Mm. Good angle. Mm.
1: Well, how about that, my friend? And thank you for sticking around all the way until the end. Snap a screenshot. Tag me at Chris ChrisFanVleet. Let me know that you're listening to this one. Also, I have a giveaway going on right now on Instagram for some incredible hand-drawn wrestling art from the extremely talented Hal Haney. So, at ChrisFanVleet on Instagram, make sure you go and check that out. And yes, as we alluded to at the end of the interview there, uh, we had to make a little edit in the interview for legal reasons. But, you know, it's, it's just so exciting watching the growth of the NWA first through the 10 Pounds of Gold series on YouTube. And now with NWA Power, Tuesday nights at 6.05 on YouTube. And their subscriber base is growing very quickly. So next time you're on YouTube, toss them a subscribe. Hey, toss your guy Chris Fanfly to subscribe to while you're at it. Why not? Right? And NWA has been doing their thing on TV now for not even half a year yet, five months. So it's really exciting to know that they've done this much in five months. And it's exciting to know that what's possible for them and what they're going to continue to do, not just with NWA power, but with some of the pay-per-views they've been having. So can't wait to see what's in store for them in 2020. Winston Churchill said, a pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity, and an optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. I've had a lot of questions asking me when that CHOP video will be posted on YouTube. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I took 20 chops at Sean Spears and Tyler Breeze's wrestling school flatbacks in Apopka, Florida. And my chest looks like I took 20 chops. Not anymore, actually. It healed up very nicely. That video will be posted next week. So we're going to post on the podcast and on YouTube. We're going to post the interviews with Tyler Breeze. Then we're going to post the interview with Sean Spears. And then we're going to end the week next week with the chops. And it's not just chops, by the way. I also took some bumps. I ran the ropes. I locked it up with Sean Spears, which was really cool, by the way. Locking it up with Sean Spears. So that's next week. If you're not subscribed yet, please, now's your chance. Big week coming up next week. But enjoy the rest of this one. Have a great weekend. We'll talk soon.